Chapter Fourteen of the Myths and Fables of Today by Samuel Adams Drake. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Myths and Fables of Today by Samuel Adams Drake. Chapter Fourteen: Ships That Pass in the Night. Songe est toujours mensonge, says a French proverb. Dreams go by contraries, says the English proverb. That is, if you dream of the dead, you will hear from the living, who shall decide where the collective wisdom of centuries is at such wide variance. To put faith in the supposed revelations of a disordered or overheated brain seems, on the face of it, sheer absurdity especially when we ourselves may induce dreaming merely by overindulgence in eating or drinking yet there are people who habitually dream when the brain is in its normal condition this brings the question down to its simplest form what is a dream and there we halt that there is no end of theories concerning the measure of credit that should be given to dreams is readily accounted for what nobody can explain every one is at liberty to have his own peculiar notions of perhaps the most curious thing about it is the proven fact that so many different people should dream precisely the same thing from time to time so making it possible not only to classify and analyze dreams but even to lay down certain interpretations to be accepted by a multitude of believers of course it is easy to laugh at the incoherent fancies that flit through the debatable region we inhabit while asleep but it is not so easy to explain why we laugh or why we should dream of persons or events long since passed from our memories or of other persons or events wholly unknown to us either in the past or the present without a doubt people dream just as much nowadays as they ever did that fact being admitted the problem for us to consider is whether the belief in the prophetic character of dreams held by so many peoples for so many centuries having the unequivocal sanction too of scripture authority is really dying out or continues to hold its old dominion over the minds of poor fallible mankind in order to determine this vexed question inquiry was made of several leading booksellers with the following result thirty or forty years ago dream books were as much a recognized feature of the bookselling trade as any other sort of literary property consequently they were openly exposed for sale in every bookstore large or small it now appears that these yellow-covered oracles of fate are still in good demand mostly by servant girls and factory girls and though seldom found in the best bookstores may be readily had of most dealers in cheap periodicals this certainly would seem to be a gain in the direction of education though not of the masses it also appears that as in the matter of signs the female sex is more susceptible to this sort of superstition than is the male 
but that by no means proves the sterner sex to be wholly free from it some persons dream a great deal others but seldom let one who is not much addicted to the habit have a bad dream a frightful dream and be he never so well poised the phantasm can hardly fail of leaving a disquieting perhaps a lasting effect seldom indeed can that person shake off the feeling that the dream forebodes something of a sinister nature in vain he racks his brain for some interpretation that may set his mind at rest wholly forgetful of the trite adage that dreams go by contraries so often indeed we do hear the pregnant declaration to wit your old men shall dream dreams your young men see visions that we have adopted it as a striking rhetorical figure of wide application in hamlet's celebrated soliloquy upon the immortality of the soul the melancholy dane confesses to an overmastering fear of bad dreams and once again as if wrung from the very anguish of his sinful heart gloucester cries out oh catesby i have had such horrid dreams and catesby expostulates shadows my lord below the soldier's seeming but gloucester thrusts aside the rebuke as he impetuously exclaims now by my this day's hopes shadows to-night have struck more terror to the soul of richard than can the substance of ten thousand soldiers armed all in proof we find that our own immediate ancestors were fully as credulous in regard to the importance of dreams as affecting their lives and fortunes as the ancients appear to have been but with them it is true that scripture warrant was accepted as all-sufficient just a few examples will suffice in the time of its disintegration owing to the removal of some of its members to connecticut the church of dorchester massachusetts did not reorganize on account of certain dreams and visions among the congregation under a certain date samuel c wall sets down the fact that he has had disturbing dreams which he according to his wont anxiously strives to interpret he of all men a magistrate a counsellor and a ruler in the land one dream was to the effect that all my his children were dead except sarah which did distress me sorely with reflections on my omissions of duty towards them as well as breaking of the hopes i had of them shifting now the scene to half a century later we find in the diary and letters of sarah pierpont wife of the celebrated theologian jonathan edwards this letter describing a singularly prophetic dream relative to her grandson then an infant aaron burr stockbridge may ten seventeen fifty six dear brother james your letters always do us good and your last was one of your best have you heard of the birth of esther's second child at newark 
it was born the sixth of february last and its parents have named him aaron burr jr after his father the worthy president of the college i trust the little immortal will grow up to be a good and useful man but somehow a strange presentiment of evil has hung over my mind of late and i can hardly rid myself of the impression that that child was born to see trouble you know i don't believe in dreams and visions but lately i had a sad night of broken sleep in which the future career of that boy seemed to pass before me he first appeared as a little child just beginning to ascend a high hill not long after he set out the two guides who started with him disappeared one after the other he went on alone and as the road was open and plain and as friends met him at every turn he got along very well at times he took on the air and bearing of a soldier and then of a statesman assuming to lead and control others as he neared the top of the hill the way grew more steep and difficult and his companions became alienated from him refusing to help him or to be led by him baffled in his designs and angered at his ill success he began to lay about him with violence leading some astray and pulling down others at every attempt to rise soon he himself began to slip and slide down the rough and perilous sides of the hill now regaining his foothold for a little then losing it again until at length he stumbled and fell headlong down down into a black and yawning gulf at the base at this i woke in distress and was glad enough to find it was only a dream now you may make as much or as little of this as you please i think the disturbed state of our country along with my own indifferent health must have occasioned it a letter from his mother to-day assures me that her little aaron is a lively prattlesome fellow filling his parents hearts with joy your loving sister sarah though only a dream this vision of the night prefigured a sad reality for within two years both of the guides had gone president burr in september seventeen fifty seven his wife in the same month of the next year seventeen fifty eight passing now down to our own day the rev walter colton sometime el Cadi of monterey tells us in his reminiscences of the gold excitement of eighteen forty nine that he dreamed of finding gold at a certain spot had faith enough in his dream to seek for it in that place and was rewarded by finding it there a mass of similar testimony might be adduced one piece coming from a brave soldier who will not be accused of harboring womanish fears will bear repeating here we again quote from that most interesting volume forty-one years in india lord roberts its author is speaking of his father then a man close upon seventy shortly before his departure an incident occurred which i will relate for the benefit of psychological students they may perhaps be able to explain it i never could 
my father had some time before issued invitations for a dance which was to take place in two days time on monday the seventeenth october eighteen fifty three on the saturday morning he appeared disturbed and unhappy and during breakfast was despondent very different from his usual bright and cheery self on my questioning him as to the cause he told me that he had had an unpleasant dream one which he had dreamt several times before and which had always been followed by the death of a near relation as the day advanced in spite of my efforts to cheer him he became more and more depressed and even said he should like to put off the dance i dissuaded him from taking the step for the time being but that night he had the same dream again and the next morning he insisted on the dance being postponed it seemed rather absurd to disappoint our friends on account of a dream there was however nothing for it but to carry out my father's wishes an intimation was accordingly sent to the invited guests the following morning the post brought news of the sudden death of a half-sister at lahore with whom i had stayed on my way to peshawar a man is now living who ran away from the vessel in which he had shipped as a sailor before the mast in consequence of dreaming for three nights in succession that the vessel would be lost all the circumstances were related to me with much minuteness of detail by persons quite familiar with them at the time of their occurrence the vessel was in fact cast away and every one on board drowned on the very night after she sailed consequently the warning dream by means of which the deserter's life was saved could hardly fail of leaving a deep and lasting impression upon the minds of all who knew the facts the story has been told more at length elsewhere by the writer footnote in nooks and corners of the new england coast and footnote as it came from the lips of a seafaring friend and the hero of it is still pointed out to skeptics as a living example of the fact that coming events cast their shadows before richard mansfield distinguished actor and playwright has recently related in an interview a most interesting incident in his own career which he declared himself wholly unable to account for so much more credit attaches to the testimony of persons if known to the public even by name that mr mansfield's experience has special value here it is also a highly interesting fragment of autobiography mr mansfield goes on to say that after leading a most precarious existence in various ways his discharge from mr de Oilay cart's company brought on a crisis in his affairs reaching his poor lodgings in london he soon fell into desperate straits being soon forced to pawn what little he had for the means to keep body and soul together he declares that he did not know which way to turn and that the most gloomy forebodings overwhelmed him we will now let him tell his own story in his own way this was the condition of affairs when the strange happening to which i have referred befell me retiring for the night in a perfectly hopeless frame of mind 
i fell into a troubled sleep and dreamed dreams finally toward morning this apparent fantasy came to me i seemed in my disturbed sleep to hear a cab drive up to the door as if in a great hurry there was a knock and in my dream i opened the door and found de oile carts yellow-haired secretary standing outside he exclaimed can you pack up and catch the train in ten minutes to rejoin the company i can was the dreamland reply there seemed to be a rushing about while i swept a few things into my bag then the cab door was slammed and we were off to the station this was all a dream continued mr mansfield but here is the inexplicable denouement the dream was so vivid and startling that i immediately awoke with a strange uncanny sensation and sprang to my feet it was six o'clock and only bare and gloomy surroundings met my eye on a chair rested my travelling bag and through some impulse which i could not explain at the time and cannot account for now i picked it up and hurriedly swept into it the few articles that had escaped the pawn-shop it did not take me long to complete my toilet and then i sat down to think presently when i had reached the extreme point of dejection a cab rattled up there was a knock and i opened the door there stood the oily cart's secretary just as i saw him in my dreams he seemed to be in a great flurry and cried out can you pack up and reach the station in ten minutes to rejoin the company i can said i calmly pointing to my bag it is all ready for i was expecting you the man was a little startled by this seemingly strange remark but bundled me into the cab without further ado and we hurried away to the station exactly in accord with my dream that was the beginning of a long engagement and although i have known hard times since it was the turning point in my career i have already said that i have no theories whatever in regard to the matter i do not account for it it is enough for me to know that i dreamed certain things which were presently realized in the exact order of the dream having no superstitions it is impossible to philosophize over the occurrence all i know is that everything happened just as i have stated it some of the hidden meanings attributed to dreams are elsewhere referred to as the subject has a literature of its own we need mention only a few of the more commonly accepted interpretations their name is legion to dream of a white horse is a certain presage of a death in the family to dream of a funeral is a sign that you will soon attend a wedding to dream of losing one's teeth is ominous of some coming sorrow to dream of a snake is a token that you have an enemy touching a dead body will prevent dreaming of it the same dream occurring three nights in succession will surely come to pass a slice of wedding cake put under the pillow will cause an unmarried woman to dream of her future husband End of chapter fourteen